Welcome to another week of This Week in Royal History, where we explore the personal stories, triumphs, and tragedies of the royal figures who have shaped the course of history, delving into their fascinating lives and the legacies they left behind. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Tudor's Dynasty Podcast. Today we're taking a trip back in time to the 15th century to explore the fascinating life of Margaret of Anjou, the woman who had become known as the She-Wolf of France. On the 23rd of April, 1445, a 15-year-old Margaret of Anjou tied the knot with 23-year-old Henry VI of England. And what a match they were. Imagine a young, fiery French princess marrying a gentle, pious English king. It was like something straight out of a soap opera. Just one month after their wedding, Margaret was crowned Queen Consort of England at Westminster Abbey. Despite the rather traditional beginning, Margaret's life was far from a normal royal marriage. Her husband, Henry VI, suffered from bouts of mental illness, leaving Margaret to rule the kingdom in his place. While it wasn't unheard of that a consort could help the king rule, it was most definitely not common. And of course, men would not stand for it. Enter the Wars of the Roses, and the men fighting to take the throne from Henry VI. But Margaret was a force to be reckoned with. She was a warrior queen a fierce mother, and a savvy politician. She fought tooth and nail to protect her family's claim to the throne and was a powerful presence at the battlefield. And when her husband's mental illness left him unstable and unable to rule, she stepped up and took charge. Sadly, Margaret's story doesn't have a happy ending. Her son was killed at the Battle of Tewkesbury in May 1471, and her husband, Henry VI, would die in the Tower of London two weeks later, solidifying the loss of the Lancastrian regime. Margaret herself was taken prisoner in 1471 and sent back to France in 1475, where she lived out the rest of her days as a poor relation to her cousin, the French king, Louis XI. Margaret of Anjou is remembered as a fierce and formidable queen, a woman who refused to be tamed by the conventions of her time. And to this day, she remains a fascination to royal history lovers everywhere. So here's to you, Margaret of Anjou, the she-wolf of France and one of the most fascinating women in royal history. From a marriage alliance between the French and English in the 15th century to one between Scotland and France in the 16th century. The wedding of Mary, Queen of Scots, and the Dauphin of France, Francis, was a grand and magnificent affair that took place on the 24th of April, 1558. At the time, Mary was only 15 years old and Francis was 14, but their union was seen as a strategic alliance between France and Scotland. 
The ceremony was held at the iconic Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris, a symbol of architectural beauty and splendor. The cathedral was adorned with elaborate decorations to celebrate the occasion. Presiding over the ceremony was the Cardinal Archbishop of Rouen, who led the young couple in their exchange of vows amidst an atmosphere of opulence and pageantry. The guest list for the wedding was nothing short of spectacular, featuring prominent figures from both France and Scotland. Among the attendees were obviously Francis's parents, King Henry II of France, and Queen Catherine de' Medici, as well as numerous princes, princesses, cardinals, and nobles. Following their marriage, Francis became King Consort of Scotland, and in 1559, the couple ascended to the French throne as well, making them rulers of both France and Scotland. Their union was seen as a promising alliance, with hopes that their children would one day unite the two kingdoms. Unfortunately, their reign and marriage were short-lived. In a heartbreaking twist, King Francis passed away in 1560, just a year after becoming King of France. The tragic event marked the end of their love story and the hope of a united realm between France and Scotland through their lineage. And now, a word from our sponsor. From one Mary to another, now we travel forward 200 years to England. Princess Mary, future Duchess of Gloucester and Edinburgh, was born on the 25th of April, 1776. She was the fourth daughter of King George III and Queen Charlotte, making her a granddaughter of King George II and a niece of King George IV. Princess Mary was thus a cousin of Queen Victoria, who was the daughter of King George III's fourth son, Prince Edward, Duke of Kent. During Queen Victoria's reign, Princess Mary lived a relatively quiet life. She married her cousin, Prince William Frederick, Duke of Gloucester, in 1816, and they had no children. In case you were curious, the Duke of Gloucester was the younger son of King George III's brother, Prince William Henry, Duke of Gloucester and Edinburgh. Hopefully you're not getting confused by all of these royals. Princess Mary was known for her charitable works and for her support of the arts. She was the first president of the Ladies' Society for the Education of the Poor in Ireland and was also a patron of the Royal Academy of Music. Princess Mary was also a close confidant of Queen Victoria. The two cousins corresponded frequently, and Princess Mary often visited the Queen at Buckingham Palace. Queen Victoria once described Princess Mary as a charming, warm-hearted woman who always gives me good advice. Princess Mary lived until the age of 81, passing away on the 30th of April, 1857. She was survived by her husband, who died two years later, and by several of her siblings, including King William IV and Queen Adelaide. From Margaret of Anjou to Mary Queen of Scots, we now travel across the English Channel to France with the birth of Marie de Medici. Marie was born on the 26th of April, 1575, in Florence, Italy, as the sixth daughter of Francesco I de' Medici, Grand Duke of Tuscany, and Archduchess Joanna of Austria. 
Only Marie and an elder sister would survive to adulthood. In 1600, she married Henry IV of France by proxy, and their first child, the future Louis XIII, was born in the next year. Mary and Louis would go on to have six children together, although not all lived to adulthood. Their children included a king of France, queen of Spain, queen of England, and duchess of Savoy. She was crowned queen consort of France one day before her husband's assassination in May 1610. She then became regent for their young son. Marie reversed the anti-Habsburg policy that France followed. She was Habsburg through her mother and was greatly influenced by a Florentine favorite of hers, which angered the French nobles. When Louis came to age in 1614, she ruled for another three years before being exiled to Blois. Louis overturned the pro-Habsburg foreign policy on the advice of a cardinal, and that cardinal became Marie's number one enemy. She escaped, revolted, and exiled a couple more times before finally traveling to Amsterdam and then to England. She died on the 3rd of July, 1642, in Cologne, at the age of 67, and was buried at the Basilica of St. Denis in Paris. In the thrilling tapestry of history, the extraordinary life of Elizabeth Charlotte unfolds. Born on the 19th of November, 1597, to the powerful Frederick IV, Elector Palatine, she was determined for greatness. The year 1616 marked a significant milestone in her life as she wed the enigmatic George William, who would soon rise to power as Elector of Brandenburg in 1619. Together, the couple had three remarkable children, including the legendary Frederick William, known as the Great Elector, a title that would echo through the ages. Amidst a time of turmoil and political upheaval, Elizabeth Charlotte's own brother ascended to the throne as King of Bohemia, only to be tragically deposed in 1618, igniting the cataclysmic Thirty Years' War. Undaunted by the chaos surrounding her, the courageous Elizabeth Charlotte granted her brother sanctuary when Brandenburg was forced to choose sides with Bohemia. Her unwavering loyalty and resilience were matched only by the powerful bond she shared with her son. She masterfully guided him to empathize with the Protestants, shaping the political landscape of her time. Elizabeth Charlotte died on the 26th of April, 1660, at the age of 62. In the vibrant annals of history, the captivating tale of Maria Anna of Bavaria unfurls like an intricate tapestry. Born on a crisp spring day, the 21st of March, 1551, to the influential Albert V, Duke of Bavaria, and the regal Anna of Austria. Maria Anna's bloodline boasted illustrious figures like Philip I and one of the first of Castile as her maternal great-grandparents. In August 1571, Maria Anna's world transformed as she entered into a strategic union with her maternal uncle, Charles II of Austria. 
From this alliance, the couple brought forth an astonishing 15 children, though fate dictated that not all would survive into adulthood. Maria Anna was not only a devoted mother, but also a powerful force in state affairs. Her unwavering Catholic faith fueled her passion for religious worship and charitable acts, leaving an indelible mark on the world. When her husband passed away in 1590, she continued to be an influential advisor to her son, instilling in him the courage to stand against the Protestant nobility. Ultimately, Maria Anna sought solace and tranquility in a nunnery, retiring from public life in 1608. Tragically, she'd pass away later that same year at 57 years old. Despite her death, her legacy endures through her remarkable surviving children, a Queen of Spain, two Queens of Poland, a Grand Duchess of Tuscany, and a Holy Roman Emperor, each contributing to the grand tapestry that was her life. Now, each week of This Week in Royal History, I pick a few significant events to share with you, but there are always so many others that are missed. So this week, I'd like to throw in just a few at the end to let you know of these events as well. On the 28th of April, 1442, Edward IV was born to Richard Plantagenet, 3rd Duke of York, and Cecily Neville. Also this week in history marks St. George's Day on the 23rd of April. This is the day that new members were elected to the Order of the Garter. Please check out the link in the show notes for an episode where I talked about the Order of the Garter. Also this week on the 25th of April in the year 1544 was when Catherine Parr's translation of Psalms and Prayers was published anonymously. And lastly, on the 28th of April 1603 was the funeral of Queen Elizabeth I. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of This Week in Royal History. I'll see you again next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tudor's Dynasty podcast. You can follow and support the Tudor's Dynasty podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon at Tudor's Dynasty.